And so as I was sitting Monday morning in my office over in the, the administrative building over here, going, what am I going to do? What am I going to preach on today? I said, I have no idea. So I had to take a flash drive up to my dad. So I said, I'll get out of this office. I'll just stop sitting here in front of this computer screen and go and do something. And it hit me, let's talk about giving. So that's what we're going to talk about. For a minute, we're going to talk about the difference between tithing and giving because, yes, there is a difference. They are not the same thing, and it's important that we understand that. But first, let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. It's up there on the screen as well. It reads, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, talking about giving. The title of this section is aptly titled, God Gives Most. I want to start this off, this isn't on your note sheets there, but I want to start this off by saying, you will never outgive God. You could give every cent you own, plus your net worth, plus everything, and God can still outgive you. The whole world could give everything they have. God could still outgive it. Try him. Try to outgive God. It won't work, but it's a good thing. I just wanted to put that up off the top. Number one on your note sheets, though. Number one, on your end, on your end, what you've got to do, right? This starts off by saying, you reap what you sow, right? If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. Now, this is not a promise. It's a principle, and there's a difference. If you read through the Proverbs... Most of them are principles. If you do this, then the most likely outcome is this. Raise a kid up in the ways they should go, right? And they'll honor and glorify God. Do we know that that happens 100% of the time? No. Does it happen most of the time? Yes. So this is a principle, right? But it's also the idea of what you are putting in, you get out. It comes back around. It's a circle. What you put into things, you will get out of them. So God is saying here, because we're talking about giving, so let's put it in its context. If you give a lot, a lot will be given to you. Now you might sit there and go, all right, I'm writing a big check this week. We're not only talking about money here. In fact, we're mostly not talking about money. 
Because what you put into things will also be what you get out. Do you give with a giving heart? Then God's going to bless you back in numerous ways. Not necessarily in money. Although I challenge you, if you're giving, have you ever not had what you needed? Not what you wanted. I'm busy trying to convince my wife to let us buy one of these TVs. So far, my attempts have been uh, for naught. Because she said, quote, we already have a TV. We don't need another one. And I said, you're right, but I want one. Can you imagine watching the Eagles quarterback get sacked and throw an interception on that TV? Wow, that'd be great. <laughs> to which she said, we have a TV. Fine. I got her to say yes on one condition, if we're ever infinitely wealthy. So I'm going to need the giving to go up a little bit. No. <laughs> But when you are giving, have you ever not had what you needed? I don't need a new TV. I don't need any TV. I want one. I don't need one. But when you are giving, has God ever not given you what you needed in return? He sometimes give what, gives what you want, but you will always have what you need. Reap what you sow. What you put in, you're going to get out of it. Are you putting in your effort, your attitude in a good way? Then you're going to get that back out most of the time. The other thing this says in verse 7 there, each one must do just as he has decided in his heart. Do what your heart says. Now, you might throw back at me, Pastor Jeremiah tells us that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know that? I shouldn't do what my heart says. I'm not putting an extra 20 in the plate because my heart's deceitful. Let me replace the word heart with the more correct term. Each one must do just as he has decided in his conscience. Do what your conscience tells you to do. If you're sitting there and your conscience says, listen, you need to sign up to help at VBS, do it. If you're sitting there and your conscience says, you need to give an extra 20 this week, do it. If your conscience says you need to sign up to do the um, welcome center, do it. Church, is it, a sin? it is a sin to go against your conscience. Even if what your conscience is telling you to do is not necessarily right or wrong, your conscience won't tell you to do something that's wrong. But if your conscience is like, hey, don't go see that movie, you might say, but there's nothing wrong with it. There is if you go and see it. Your conscience said don't. Follow your conscience. Not your heart, because you're right. Your heart is deceitful. But God made your conscience. He made your heart as well, but we kind of messed that up. The other thing, God loves a cheerful giver. Don't be the person, oh yeah, I purposefully, I never have cash in my wallet, but I purposefully took a dollar from my wife so that I'd have an illustration. Don't be the person that as the plate goes by, you go, I don't, okay, fine. I can't believe it. Be the person that as the plate goes by, you go, this is my last dollar, and I'm thankful to give it because I know God's going to use it. Here's the thing, though. It's not just about your dollar. Tithing, and we're going to talk about tithing in just a minute, and giving is not solely your money. In fact, money might be the lowest percentage of what you're supposed to give. You're supposed to give your time. You're supposed to give your effort, your resources, whether they be money 
or your talents and abilities and gifts that God has given you. Tithing was not just your money. We've made it all about money. But tithing was your entire being. Now, where do we get the idea of tithing from? Because, yes, I have started to use the word tithe, and that's important. Tithing is 10% of your income, your time, your resources, right? We use the word resources from here on out. That means literally everything you have to give. 10%. Where do we get that idea from? Well, just like a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse, and that's why we immerse in baptism. The word tithe comes from the Greek term for, or not, excuse me, not Greek, the Hebrew term for one-tenth. All right. In Leviticus, we read that you are supposed to give one-tenth to the church, to the temple, to God. In Proverbs 3, we read it's supposed to be one-tenth of your first fruits, not your gross pay, your net pay. Not the amount you bring home. You've got to include the stuff the government takes out, too, because you earned it. They just took it from you. That's where we get the idea of tithing from and why it's 10%. Giving does not happen until you have reached 11%. You are commanded to tithe. You are encouraged to give. Giving is not commanded explicitly in Scripture. Tithing is. God says 10% is mine, give it to me. But you should give. So if you sit there and go, I tithed today, I gave to the church. No, you didn't. You just gave God what was his anyway. When you give 11%, that's giving. 12, 13, you know, go up, all the way up. But if you think to yourself, I've been giving my whole life, and you've never given a cent or your time above 10%, you've never given a day in your life. Sorry. It's like this. I had a friend once who had a baby, and he goes, I love my kid. And I said, that's awesome. You've done the bare minimum it you have to be an, a parent for. I'm happy you love your kid. That's the minimum of what you should be doing. Tithing is the minimum. God expects you to do more than that. It sounds harsh to us, but the fact of the matter is it was all God's anyway. So he gives it to you and says, give it back. Watch me multiply it, so I'll give it back, and then you'll give it back, and I'll multiply it and give it back. It just keeps going. Here's the thing. I want to I wanna talk about real quick. Number one was on your end. Number two, on God's end. Because God says, I've got a part in this to play. We mentioned you can't outgive God, right? Because God always gives back to you. Always. He says, I'm going to make grace in verse 8. God is able to make all grace overflow. Now you might say, Pastor, I listen to you intently, and I know that in sermons you have said that God will only give you enough grace for the moment that you are in. He doesn't give extra very often, so you're being contradictory to the Bible. Sometimes, yes, but I try not to be. But we're not talking about grace to get through a moment. Grace here is more like blessings. He's able to make blessings overflow to you. Sometimes in the form of money. Sometimes, most of the time, it's in the form of way other things. Your joy, your love, your peace, the people around you. What you do. God says, you give to me and I will give back to you. You will have what you need 
Sometimes you will have even what you want, or at least some of it. But I promise you I'm going to continue to bless you. I'll pour it out on you. I've got storehouses laden with blessings, and I'm just waiting to pour them out. But I've said you need to give. Now, here's the thing. Does God need you to tithe or to give? No. He wants you to. Never think that God needs you for anything. He does not. He wants you for everything. He does not need you for anything. And here's the big crux of giving. Because today we're not talking about tithing. Tithing is 10%. I want to talk about giving because that's what the kids did. Giving is not about what you do, but about what God does through you. Giving has nothing to do with you and what you're going to get out of it. If you're worrying about what you get out of giving, then you're still not giving because it says give with a cheerful heart. But when you give and then God uses it to do things, that's when it's actually giving. Giving of your time, giving of your, your money, all of the resources that he's given to you. He says, give and watch me work. I don't need you, but I want to use you. Watch me work when you give. It's the idea, right? We're not preaching out of this passage today, but it's the idea of the widow's might, right? All those people came and gave all kinds of money. And then this lone old woman, widow, comes up and puts her last penny in the offering plate. And Jesus goes, she's the one who gave. Not the people that gave a ton of money. She's the one who gave because her heart was in the right place. God says, give with a cheerful heart and watch me go. You can't outgive me. You can't outdo me. You watch me go. But here's the thing. See, it's not just about what you do. And it's not just about what God does. It's about the people around you. Number three on your note sheets, on others end on others end or ends i don't know what the correct grammatical thing would be but whatever we read you can go to the next slide there uh andy for me thank you sir we read right that when we give it causes other people to glorify god it causes other people to glorify god let me give an example that just happened this week there were a plethora of people that gave money to BBS. Or if you didn't give an actual dollar, you went out and bought juice boxes and popsicles and stuff like that. There were a number of people that gave their time and their energy to helping VBS happen, be it beforehand setting up or during it as we had between 12 and 19 kids on different days. There were a number of people that were diligently praying for us. And it is because of all of that giving Four kids got saved, and we get to glorify God on a Sunday morning. Most of you were not there Thursday night when they got saved. That's okay. You weren't called to be there. But you get to glorify anyway because other people gave. We get to glorify God. The other thing that giving does is it causes other people to pray for you. They pray for you when you're giving, when you have a giving heart. And here's the fun thing. They yearn for you. How many people here can say that you have people that yearn for your presence? I'd like to raise my hand. We'll ask her when she comes in and hope she gives the right answer. There are two types of people in the world. There are takers and there are givers. That's it. You fall into one of those two categories. 
Pastor, that's pretty black and white. Yeah, it is. There are two types of people in the world, takers and givers. We all know takers. Nobody wants to be around them. People that just take energy from you and take your time, and not in a, hey, we're hanging out together, but they, they, they monopolize your time. They might not take your money, but they just are takers, constantly taking emotion, energy, all of it. They just take it from you. Hopefully, you also know a few givers. People that when you're in their presence, you might leave tired because you're awake and you're human and your body wears down throughout the day, but you also just feel uplifted inside because they just gave and gave and gave and gave. And here's the thing. It's the same idea of you are never supposed, we talked about this a couple of months ago, you're never supposed to think about yourself. You think about other people and trust other people to think about you. It's the same idea. You give and be around other givers and everybody's just giving, and then nobody's a taker. And that's the way God intended it to be originally. You want people to want to be in your presence, to want to be with you? Think about your personality, and do you just constantly take from them? Are you constantly expecting them to give things to you? Be it money, maybe, but more likely things like energy and emotional support and stuff like that. Or are you going, I will emotionally support you, I will give to you. You're giving to me, and now neither of us is left behind or let down. It makes people yearn for you. And then he ends it all by saying, right, praise God for this indescribable gift. It's the blessings he's poured out. Paul says, listen, you pour out your giving, and I know God's going to give you indescribable gifts. Did you go tell Miss Annette? Perfect. So the kids are coming in here in a few minutes. You don't have this on your note sheets. I have a secret fourth point. As I was reading this, are, are there any Garth Brooks fans in here? Not as many as I had hoped, but that's okay. In one of his most famous songs, Friends in Low Places, in which I was singing when I was four years old, he has a secret third verse he only does live, and if they find it's been recorded, they sue the people that recorded them. I have a secret fourth point, that if somebody steals it from me, so be it. I'll sue you for a 72-inch flat-screen TV. <laughs> Let me set the stage for you what happened at VBS, because you might say, Pastor, the title of this is Give Like a Child, but you really haven't talked about kids today. You're right. So let's talk about them. The first Thursday of VBS, about three and a half weeks ago or so, come on in, about three and a half weeks ago or so, mom came up to me and said, Pastor Sam, if they raise $100, will you get pied in the face? Sure will. I've been pied in the face, had buckets of water poured over my head, that's nothing to me. And then in a stroke of inspiration, I hate the New York Yankees. I hate the New York Yankees more than the teams in my team's division. When I was a child, my dad said I can root for any team I want to, except the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Yankees. So I said, if we raise $150, Maddie, do you want to start getting stuff ready? Nathan, do you mind helping Maddie out real quick? Thank you. If we raise $150, I'll get pied in the face on Sunday morning in front of everybody in a Yankee shirt. And then there was another stroke of inspiration. If we raise $200, 
I'll get all that will happen, and Miss Patty Kramer will get pied in the face as well. Will they raise $300? Never doubt the giving of a child. Give like one. Because here's the thing. They set a goal. They trusted God to allow them to meet it, and now they get the blessings from it. Yeah, they're not getting blessed with more money. They're getting blessed by seeing their pastor and one of their leaders get pied in the face on Sunday morning. Yes, that's for the floor. So that's why I'm dressed like this, because I'm about to get pied in the face, because we said give, and they gave. You never know what's going to happen when you give. But I do promise you, God will bless you. And here's the thing. You remember how we talked about you get blessings when you give? Most of you did not give to that, uh, that offering, but you get blessed by seeing your pastor get pied in the face. And my wife, who didn't give to that offering, gets the blessing of pieing me in the face. Go ahead and go grab the, the stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm going to pray, and then we'll... Get rocking and rolling. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you that you give us an opportunity to give. That you, 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 you expect us to do it. But that you also say, listen, when you give, I will pour out blessings upon you. Father, I'm asking that you would ins- use kids to inspire us to give. More and more and more. And watch you work. Father, it's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen and amen.